Wow, fantastic to see you all. Uh, I guess by the look of me, you, you know you're not going to get quite a normal sermon, if there is such a thing as a normal sermon. Um, uh, but it's such a great privilege to stand here. It's been a great privilege to uh, look at God's Word over the past few days as I've prepared. Um, as Alex said, we're going to be focusing on um, forward, uh, Revelation 2, 18 to 29. Um, it's the, the next one uh, in a series of letters that are in the book of Revelation. Um, in a moment I'll ask someone to read, but could uh, just one person, maybe two people, just pray for us all, pray for me, but pray for us as a group uh, as we uh, look at God's word. So just a couple of short prayers would be really helpful. Father, we know that, uh, we know that this is not an academic exercise, otherwise... Um, we understand it already. We rely on your Holy Spirit. We need your Holy Spirit um, to open our spiritual eyes and ears. So we pray for Jim that uh, you help him to speak. But also, Lord, we pray that we will listen. You will open our ears spiritually and uh, and help us to listen, Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen. amen. Father, it's, uh, it is a joy, it is refreshing, it is nourishment, it is sweet to hear your words. As we look at them now, may we be uh, full, may we be refreshed. Amen. Amen. So, um, could, uh, uh, did you ask him to read? No. Would someone kindly read uh, Revelation 2, 18 to 29, any volunteer? To the angel of the church in Thyatira, write, These are the words of the Son of God, whose eyes are like blazing fire, and whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your deeds, your love and faith, your service and perseverance, and that you you are now doing more than you did at first. Nevertheless, I have this against you. You tolerate that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophet. By her teaching, she misleads my servants into sexual immorality and the eating of food sacrificed to idols. I have given her time to repent of her immorality, but she is unwilling. So I will cast her on a bed of suffering, and I will make those who commit adultery with her suffer intensely, unless they repent of their, her ways. I will strike her children dead. Then all the churches will know that I am he who searches hearts and minds, and I will repay each of you according to your deeds. Now I say to the rest of you in Thyatira, to you who do not hold to her teaching and have not learned Satan's so-called deep secrets, I will not impose any other burden on you except to hold on to what you have until I come. To the one who is victorious and does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations. That one will rule them with an iron scepter and will dash them to pieces like pottery, just as I have received authority from my father. I will also give the one, the one, that one, the morning star. Whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Thank you, Carl, very much. Uh, now, as we start, I'm actually going to 
Uh, Alex and I were chatting uh, in my preparation, and he asked me to summarise in a sentence a passage. Um, I don't know what your summary would have been. Um, I I managed to make a very long sentence. Um, Despite being commended for their Christian living by the all-seeing and all-knowing Son of God, the church in Thyatira were criticised for their tolerance of false teaching that led people to adopt uh, worldly lifestyles leading to death, rather than hold on to the hope they had in Christ until he returns on the last day when they will share in his victory and his eternal life. If you wrote a sentence that long at the beginning of an essay, you might be in trouble. (laughs) Um, I put it at the bottom of your your service sheets, just as a reference, if it's helpful. It was helpful to me, actually, to to try to compose that. But Alex actually said a bit more. He said, uh, if you just nip into a room and say a sentence, walk out, and people kind of get it. And I'm not sure I'd even remember that sentence, nipping into a room. So what I did is I, I tried to really um, find a more precise, sort of punchy at the core uh, of what this is all about. So a shorter sentence. Tolerance leads to temptation, leads to tragedy. So hold on to the hope you have in heaven. And we're going to take a look at that. We're not going to take a look at that under six alliterated points, or half and half alliteration. Um, like any good sermon should be. Six is far too long. Uh, you could probably do a sermon on each of those points. Uh, but again, that might help you remember the, the, uh, that, that sentence, if it's helpful. So six is too many, so we're going to do five. <laughs> um, but actually, they're not five points. They're five sort of little chapters um, that will help us steer through. And the guys that have done the, the, the um, three sermons before this have taken a similar structure. It, it's a common structure in the letters. So... We'll work our way through. So first, the context. Well, there's a context in terms of the church and Thyatira. There's a context in where the letter is. And the letter is in the sort of first bit of the book of Revelations. And then right at the beginning, and Sim, I think, helped us uh, look at this, at the beginning of, uh, of Revelations, um, is this. Uh, this fellow. He is described. And the description, if you read through it, in Revelation 1, uh, verses 12 following, in fact, why don't we do that, uh, looks incredibly like the picture. Um, What's the page? A big one. What's the page? The page is 1, 2, 3, 3. So Revelation... So, I'll give you a second to get there. Um, oh, I must say, while you're looking, uh, basically what I do is I just Google Im- image uh, everything. So you're going to see a lot of images. Um, black and white on the page, multicolour on the screen. Uh, it's not my image. But it is uh, God's image uh, as written in his word, um, the Bible. So verse 12 uh, on, on Revelation 1. I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And among the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze, glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance." 
The picture's disappointing, isn't it? I think so. But it's a good attempt. Um, this one's interesting. Um, but a little bit weird. Um, on Google search, I'm kind of like that one. Um, the other interesting thing is that that's the beginning of the book of Revelation, and the letters that we're looking at at the moment sit in between that and the end of the book of Revelation, not surprisingly, which talks about a new heaven and a new earth. Um, bizarrely, a holy city, a new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from, from God. The new Jerusalem, perfect cube. There's a lot of symbolism in Revelation. So we're sitting in between that strange description of somebody and this new reality. So that's the context of where the letters sit. And I think it's, it's very easy um, to just look at the single letter, the church to Thyatira, and kind of miss the bigger picture. If you're just focusing on one thing, in this example, it came up on my LinkedIn feed this week. <laughs> There's got to be an easy way out with the door opening, surely. Um, and so the context is relevant. <laughs> um, if I move back a bit, I will be less in the way. I'm not really a cat person, but it was an interesting image. Um, the other interesting thing in terms of context is it, it's in Revelation 1.4. John starts by saying that this is a letter. And actually, Revelation is a single letter... Uh, written. It happens to have seven individual letters uh, within it to different churches, but it is one letter, uh, and I think it's a, a mistake to just get isolated with the individual letter. And it's the seven letters, we've seen that image before. For us, it may be more a bit like this. So, uh, for those that don't know, we're a new church, we're part of a group of churches called Commission around South London. So, it could be a letter written to us as a group of churches, for example. Now, John Stott, who uh, died a couple of years ago, a very uh, sort of famous and brilliant theologian, um, he sort of summarised that these letters, these seven letters, sort of are a character of the true church. Uh, and he argued that each letter sort of, you could have a heading like this, love, suffering, truth, holiness, sincerity, mission, wholeheartedness. It'd be interesting to see where our sort of, uh, uh, sort of mission statements fit into that. And we're now looking at the fourth, holiness. Now, this was John Stott. It's hard to sort of argue with a lovely looking chap like that, isn't it? Uh, this is Alex. <laughs> uh, Alex and I were, were just chatting through the sermon a couple of days ago, and he suggested that holiness uh, maybe uh, wasn't the, the, the best word. Um, for me, it was a bit like... Um, playing trump cards. I had John Stop, I had Alex. And I was kind of looking at the credentials and deciding uh, which one to go for. Um, and actually, I, I decided not to go for, for holiness. <laughs> I'm not sure Alex was expecting my word, which is hold onness. So we'll come on to that a little bit more. So, in a, in a sense, the title is hold onness. Anyway, back to the text. It says, I probably don't need my glasses, I've got it here, to the angel in the church of Thyatira. The angel, I think we've heard in previous sermons, was a messenger. Uh, this was actually the commissioning of a lot of several new churches, where one of them, on the left, you can see John, and just above him, Alex, 
been commissioned a, a year or so ago. Um, messengers, in some respects, uh, 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 for who we are. And it's written by John, uh, who happens to be in Patmos. Um, and so this is a post postcard from St. John's Holy Coven, Patmos. Just Google image. Um, so John's writing a letter. But the really important thing is that it's this guy's words. Jesus Christ. It's his words inspired John to write the letter to the messengers of the seven churches to be seen as a whole. And we're looking at one of them today. These are the words of the Son of God whose eyes are like blazing fire and whose feet are like burnished bronze. So that's the, the sort of mark that we've got today in our letter. And it's relevant because if you look down in your passage to verse uh, 23, then all the churches will know that I am he who searches hearts and minds. So eyes like blazing fire, searching hearts and mind. And feet like burnished bronze. I will repay each of you according to your deeds. So it's a, almost a, a foot of justice, a foot of power, a foot of uh, quick to judge uh, between right and wrong. So that's the focus, that's the focus of the image of Christ that we've got particularly for us in this passage. Uh, and now, still on context, what can I tell you about Thyatira? Thyatira was... Broadly speaking, um, a working man sort of town. Um, in fact, not just working man's town, working women's town. This is uh, Lydia. Uh, Lydia is famous in the book of Acts because she was the first convert that Paul had in Philippi. Uh, and in the book of Acts, it says that Lydia traded in, in purple, purple cloth, um, uh, which is one of the many trade uh, guilds in, in what is, was essentially a very secular town. It could be that Lydia had been the beginning of the church there. Uh, but the town was secular, uh, which should be very familiar to us, because Stratton is broadly secular. We don't know an awful lot about uh, this particular town, of all the letters. Uh, some of the other towns uh, uh, are open to more archaeology, uh, but this one's underneath that big city, or large town. Uh, and that's modern-day Turkey, and it's Ak Akhisar. Uh, is where it is. But we do know an awful lot about the church. So again, look down in your texts, verse 19. I know your deeds. Your love. And faith. Your service. And perseverance. It's quite a lot to know about a church. But of course, remember those eyes. They can see. Uh, and John himself knew these churches. Within that, there's a sort of the triad of faith, hope, and love. Hope is a sort of per a persevering character trait. Um, we're very familiar with those as Christians. Uh, and of course, Christ himself said, Paul said, the most important is love. And what's more, I promise this is the only cheesy image, it's on the up. Uh, at verse 19, and that you are now doing more than you did at first. 
Again, in the context, there is this woman Jezebel mentioned, verse 20. Uh, some people may not know this. This Cynthia Payne used to live in Ambleside Avenue in Streatham in the 70s and 80s, um, uh, running a brothel. Hence the pub Pratt's and Payne, for those who didn't know. Actually, Pratt's, which is now little, is probably more of the relevance of, of, of this passage. Because the little that we do know about the old Thyatira, as I sort of hinted, there are, there are loads of trade guilds, those are trade association logos. There are just loads of them, all sorts of trades, very, very busy. Um, uh, much like my wife actually runs a trade association, so um, that carries on. No relation to Jezebel or anything like that. Um, uh, just Google Images, uh, I, I, I remind you. Um, and despite being called uh, Deborah, uh, and despite, of course, us all being able to prophesy, particularly when we speak the truth in love, um, the important thing to note in context is that Jezebel, if you notice, or this woman Jezebel, that wasn't her name, it was just a, a figure of speech, because Jezebel is an Old Testament uh, queen of Israel, um, uh, the king Ahab, I think. Um, she basically came in uh, because he brought her in, and then she led uh, many people to uh, sexual promiscuity and things like that. In fact, I think, um, under the sort of God uh, veil, and we looked at the, the Baalans uh, last week, uh, I don't want to get too much detail in there. Um, but the issue is that, if you notice, she is actually uh, someone who calls herself, verse 20, a prophet. Um, so self-proclaimed, which is always, I think, a very dangerous thing. Um, and the context is that there was actually, within these trade associations, a lot of peer pressure. Because basically, if you were going to thrive in your living in the world, which we're called to do as Christians, and... Uh, you needed to get on, you needed to do business, you needed to be part of the trade association, you needed to go to the events. There was a lot of peer pressure to do various things. Uh, within those events, there would have been a lot of drinking, which would have led to um, sort of sexual activity and the eating of, of food um, sacrificed to idols, which is all there in your text. Just a sort of slight digression from the context, I think the context for us uh, might be peer pressure to drink more. Uh, or something like that. Uh, interestingly, I was reading the FT uh, this morning uh, in the magazine, and there was an article about the shadow of sexual abuse, abuse on campus, uh, and leading the readers to a film, um, I think a US film called The Hunting Ground, which deals with this issue and the, the, the challenges of sort of sexual promiscuity within universities. So this is a real issue that we have uh, for us as, as a society um, in as much as it was for them. And then there's the, there's the eating of food sacrificed to idols, which is a harder picture to find. Um, uh, and I think, uh, we'll come on to that a little bit later, but I think, I think part of the challenge is, is, is for us um, sort of how we talk, uh, how we deal with people, uh, whether we gossip, various other things, I'll come on to that. But in context, you can see in your text um, that verse 20 